Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is astronaut Scott Kelly, and you're listening to the Mike Sappo Podcast. Greetings, Captain. Hey, how are you? Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. How was Europe? Uh, good. I'm going to be honest with you, Captain. When you agreed to come on my podcast after me harassing you for months, I was just thinking of cool astronaut and outer space questions. Then I read your book, Endurance, My Year in Space, A Lifetime of Discovery, and I'm more intrigued by your civilian life. Did you get that a lot from people who read your book? You know, sometimes. I think, I think uh, you know, my, um, you know my, my story is, I think, relatable to people um, because, you know, I was just kind of average, maybe even below average student and, uh, you know, grew up from a uh, working class family in New Jersey and became an astronaut. I think that's sometimes more relatable than the, you know, the, the kid that saw Neil Armstrong land on the moon when he was five or six years old and then got straight A's ever, uh, you know, from that moment on and went on the flying space. Well, I love that because most children, like, they'll pinpoint Neil Armstrong walking on the moon as their pivotal moment, why they wanted to become astronauts. But yours was a book, The Right Stuff. Can you explain why that in, uh, put you on a great path to become an astronaut? Well, you know, I, so I, as a kid, I was interested in the space program, but it was kind of in a very abstract way because I was such a poor student and could, couldn't pay attention. It was like, this is not something that I ever thought would be possible. And it wasn't until I was 18 years old and my first year of college, still struggling in, uh, in school with, with schoolwork that I read the book, The Right Stuff, and found it very relatable. Um, felt like I had, um, you know, traits in common with these guys. They were all guys at the time, but the guys that were the, you know, fighter pilots that later became test pilots and, you know, later went on to become the original Mercury and, uh, Gemini and Apollo astronauts, and I thought, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I recognize who these guys are, and I can relate to them, except I am not a good student. And I felt that if I could just fix that, you know, then maybe I'd have, have a chance to go on and fly airplanes in the Navy. Um, you know, if not the Navy, the Air Force, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, maybe even a test pilot and an astronaut someday, possibly. Kind of a long shot, but I thought it was possible. You, you know what I love, Scott? I love that you know you grew up, like you said, blue collar, West Orange, New Jersey. Your parents were police officers. Struggled in school. You applied to the wrong college. Now, in West Orange, there's a school named after you and your brother. There's one. Does that blow your mind? And also, the unconventional route you took, like you weren't, the best student. Does that inspire a lot of kids who are like, wow, you know, maybe I was on the best path, but yeah. now I can always change it? Well, you know, having your name on a, uh, a school is uh, humbling and a lot of responsibility. Usually, I'm um, not sure exactly why, but usually that's referred or uh, reserved for people that have already died. <laughs> 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 I think, and I think that's because 
they don't want to put somebody's name on the stool and then have to take it off later if he does something wrong. Um, but yeah, I think my, my story, uh, you know, inspires, uh, inspires people because, you know, not everyone's perfect. And, uh, to see someone who's, you know, far from perfect and, kind of consider myself a, uh, you know, a below average guy doing a slightly above average job that, uh, you know, it's a good lesson to people that if they, you know, work really hard and, you know, have a plan and, uh, you know, uh, never give up, um, they can achieve great things. And I think it's a, you know, a relatable story. Now, I want to fast forward a little bit to your life in space. Naively, and like most civilians do, I didn't realize how much work you do on the shuttle. Now, I'm aware... No days are the same, but can you just give me a quick breakdown of like one day in space from waking up to going to sleep, all the stuff you have to do? Yeah, so uh, you're, you're really talking about the space station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the space shuttle is what we flew to and from space and uh, hasn't flown since 2011. Um, space shuttle mission, I think, uh, is a lot of what people might expect uh, because you're in space for a short period of time. You have a very specific... Uh, um, very specific objectives. Um, but on the space station, when you're living there for a long time, you, uh, you know, some people might think, um, maybe it's just about being up there and you don't have a lot of work to do, but I can guarantee you there is a lot of stuff going on, uh, whether it's science, repairing the hardware, um, just taking care of, uh, what you need to take care of to live and work in space for a long period of time. But a typical day, we're on Greenwich time. Uh, so, uh, you know, six hours ahead generally of, uh, the U S, uh, East coast, um, five, six hours. And I would generally get up about six thirty in the morning, but, uh, basically about 30 minutes before I had to do something. It's kind of always my, kind of my MO, even at, uh, you know, about, about that, right? MO. Yeah, of course. Of, yeah, of course. <laughs> my MO in space. Um, and, and on Earth, I have to do something, wake up 30 minutes prior, even if it's travel out of town. But I get up about 30 minutes before the first activity. And, uh, you know, sometimes in the morning you have, uh, you know, science samples, uh, data collection that you have to do because they want you to do it right when you get up. Um, but then a lot of the, uh, you know, activities are early in the morning. It's kind of what you do when you're at home. You, you, you know, you brush your teeth, you wash your face. No shower, unfortunately, but uh, you get ready for work, you have breakfast. And then the day from, and the day kind of starts with a conference with all the flight control centers around the world. Uh, uh, the Johnson Space Center, Houston, is the NASA one. There's a, uh, uh, another U.S. control center in Huntsville, Alabama, that controls the science. We talked to the Russians in Moscow, the Japanese in uh, Scuba, Japan, or Europeans in Munich, and, uh, you know, that lasts probably about 10 or 15 minutes, and they talk about, you know, the plan of the day and if we have any questions. And then the rest of the day is broken up into different activities, and you're scheduled all day long, and sometimes those activities are five minutes long. It might be just turning on a, an experiment. Sometimes uh, the experiment is much more extensive, and you're uh, more like a scientist. Uh, we exercise a lot, two and a half hours a day, to prevent the negative uh, things that happen to us in space from happening or at least slow them down a little bit. 
we spend a lot of time repairing the hardware that breaks because when you're in space, you and your crewmates, you're not only the you know the scientist or the engineer, but you're the uh, you know you're the IT person, you're the electrician, you're the plumber, you're the <laughs> Wait, doctor, you, the dentist, the janitor. I mean, you got to do everything. You also dissecting um, mice up there. Yeah, we had some mice <laughs> um, that we worked with. They, uh, you know, you really got to hand it to those guys. They're, they uh, sacrifice a lot for us, and uh, they're space travelers as well. And it's interesting to see how they uh, respond to the environment in a very similar way that, that, that people do, which is at first they're like sick and disoriented, and then later the little mice are flying more like uh, you know little eagles around their habitat. Now, Captain, I know you. I only have you for like seven or eight minutes. I know you squeezed me in, and I'm really appreciative of it. And my podcast is usually like a long-form hangout conversation. I don't want to bore you, so I'm going to hit you with a few quick, hopefully not generic questions. You ready? I am ready. What does space smell like? Can you describe it? Yeah, so when people say that, generally they're talking about the, uh, you know, the volume of air that was previously exposed to space or, or in a vacuum, like when you have a docking of a spacecraft, you know, you have the, two, the interface between the two vehicles or, um, uh, you know, when you've done a spacewalk. And, uh, you know, everyone senses it a little bit differently. Most people, I'm, I'm of the opinion as, uh, you know, a large majority of the folks that have flown to space is it kind of smells like burning metal, maybe a lot like a, um, you know, the smell of welding mm -hmm. or uh, like a sprinkler on the 4th of July. Some people describe it more of a, like a sweet, like smell, like a sweet charred meat smell. I think it sounds, smells more metal-like. How about this? I know this from reading the book. What's the most beautiful sight on Earth that you saw from up there? You know, the whole planet is very beautiful, um, just seeing Earth uh, from space, um, you know, without political borders. Uh, you know, you don't see countries. Mm -hmm. During the day, you know, at night you can see political borders with the light, but during the day you, you, know, you see continents, you don't see countries. You, uh... But, you know, if you had to choose one specific spot, I, I always say the Bahamas. I mean, it's incredibly expansive, uh, blue, um, varying blue colors that are absolutely breathtaking. And I, I would always, when we had someone who had never been in space before, I would always want to uh, watch their reaction when they saw the Bahamas for the first time. I want to ask you one question that deals with your wife, not your partner anymore. I saw on Instagram, you got married. Congratulations. This amazing woman put flowers on your mother's grave while you were in space. So you can never, never let her go. And, you know, Scott, you and I are boys, yeah. you and I are boys now. Some consider us best friends. You're home. I want to know what your first fight was about with her and how long home till you had your argument. My first fight? Yeah, your first argument you with her. When you're, I got home? Yeah, you're back from space. space yes, yes, yes. I don't remember. But I do know that she was kind of, after a couple of weeks or so, she was kind of gotten pissed off at me because I was like leaving crap all over the place. <laughs> but I was a, I came home and I was a little bit of a mess, like messy mess. Yeah. <laughs> I love the story because you have a twin brother who's also an astronaut. Can you tell the gorilla story? Because I love that. It shows how much, one, your sense of humor, and two, about how close you are with your brother. Can you tell the gorilla's, uh, gorilla story? Yeah, you know, a few months maybe into my uh, my flight, my brother, we have a phone on the space station, and 
kind of like a Skype phone, you know, like a voice over IP thing. My brother says, uh, hey, I'm sending you a gorilla suit. Because people can send you, like, care packages. Okay. He says, hey, I'm sending you a gorilla suit. I'm like, why? He goes, and he goes why not? <laughs> <laughs> he says, because there's never been a gorilla in space. Everyone loves a gorilla. So he sent me a gorilla suit. And then the SpaceX vehicle that it was on exploded. And uh, we were all sad. And then I talked to him a couple of days later, and he says, I'm sending you another gorilla suit. <laughs> so he ordered, got on Amazon, ordered another gorilla suit, and uh, sent it up to me. And, uh, you know, some people are critical of that. They're like, oh, you know, NASA's wasting money and sending up something stupid like that. Well, we also send up a lot of, uh, you know, packing material mm-hmm. and foam so it kind of replaces those that mass of stuff that's not use, useful anyway, except for its packing material and foam um, to protect the other hardware. It took a long time for it to show up, for the seven gorilla uh, suit to show up. But when it did, man, it was fun. <laughs> I... Uh... One of, one of my crewmates, one of my crewmates, this guy, Tim Cobra, mm-hmm. he didn't even know I had a gorilla suit. <laughs> and I, I put it on and I hid in his crew quarters, which is like a little bedroom. It's kind of the size of a phone booth. Mm-hmm. I hid in there. And he op- when he came and opened up the door, I burst out at him, this gorilla. I'm, I'm, uh, in hindsight, I was thinking I'm lucky I didn't cause him to have a heart attack. Would have been bad. You did a uh, Twitter question and answer from space. Uh, President Obama wrote to you, and then you get trolled by Buzz Aldrin. Have you yeah, met? Yeah, let's not talk about that. All right, you got it. When you met President, <laughs> when you met President Obama, like Buzz. Buzz is an awesome guy. Oh, he's great. He's he's hilarious on Twitter too. When you met President Obama, what's the first thing he asked you when you met him in person? You know, I've met him. I met him a few times. I don't know. I, I met him before he was president, like the night before he was inaugurated the first time. So I don't remember. But when I um, when I saw him after this flight, I'm trying to think what he said. I think he was just like, you know, congratulations. You know, my one recollection, my big takeaway from the conversation is he was he clearly wanted to know, you know, from my perspective, from space, you know, how's the Earth doing? He was really, you know, concerned with the planet and uh, what we're doing with it and what my thoughts were and if there's, uh, you know, anything from space as a, you know, a subjective observer, I think mostly in this case, you know, what I thought about, uh, you know, the environment and the planet. And, you know, he was genuinely interested and concerned. Did you ever take home any memorabilia or anything from space? Um. You mean like steal something? Yeah, maybe without uh, permission or authority to do <laughs> no. so. <laughs> no, no. He actually, uh, <laughs> you're a cop, right? I don't yeah. want to get myself in trouble. No. Um, you know, we're allowed to bring, uh, you know, per- we're allowed to bring personal items. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've flown in space four times, so two long flights. So I had the opportunity to fly a lot of little trinkets and stuff. You know, mostly what you fly are. You know, like a banner from a college or 
you know, sometimes you'll fly some kind of, uh, you know, piece of jewelry for people that is uh, meaningful to them. Um, flew some, like, little NASA pins and American flags, things like that. Kind of, kind of the stuff that you would expect um, of course. somebody to bring. And now we're going to wrap it up except, now. Except, yeah. except my brother, you know, who's also an astronaut, mm-hmm. he would just send me, like, random random goofy stuff like <laughs> gorilla suits and uh you know a little palm tree that says welcome to uh miami beach i don't know weird things just i think just to harass me one of my little goals in life is to visit every country in the world i'm in the mid 70s i believe um i've attended oh, wow. a, thousands and thousands of sporting events i need a favor from you you're going to make some calls to me because yeah. the way you described it a, attending a shuttle launch is one of the most jaw-dropping events of your life. Uh, can you even describe what one is when you're there? Is it just the best thing you've ever seen? Space shuttle launch? Yeah, like a launch. Um, I want to go to a launch. Like as a, as a, well, the space shuttle got retired in 2011, so you're a little late for oh. that. Well, what, what can you hook me up with? <laughs> <laughs> what can I hook you up with? I don't know. I don't work for NASA anymore, but I can uh, look into it. You know, we're, we're going to have people hopefully soon, you know, this year, Flying on a commercial rocket from the uh, from the Kennedy Space Center from U.S. soil, so I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. But I got a question for you. Yes, sir. You've traveled. You've actually traveled to more countries than I have. I think I've been. I've just went over fifty. Okay. But uh, what is your? You know, what are your your top places to visit in the world? I'm gonna say Japan because I just love the food, the beauty, and I love the organization it'll be three o'clock in the morning on a deserted street no one's jaywalking you you know my buddy left his cell phone on the train six hours later we go to the police station and they had it there for you so japan Uh japan fascinated me i love that place ah what else would be number two you know i just got back from kuwait last week and that was just beautiful and the people i try to like meet people and just talk to people i travel a lot alone i would say japan and Kuwait, and then the islands in the Philippines were just the most beautiful things yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, wow, that's um, that's you know I love Japan as well. Um, never, never been to Kuwait. Spent a lot of time in the Middle East. I was just in Israel a few days ago. Um, but uh, wow, all the countries, and then like how many of them are there? Like 160 or something? 193. 193. Yes, sir. Man, you better get to work. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm podcasting. I'm policing. I'm traveling. Now, Scott, I'm going to be honest. We're going to wrap it up with this. We can edit this part out. I'm going to ask you it's a slightly inappropriate question. Like I said, I, would, I don't do anything controversial, so we can edit this yeah, out. Yeah. Do you mind if I exit something? You can ask me anything. Okay, here we go. You're on the, uh, you know, you're in space for almost a year. You're there. There was a female there earlier. I don't believe, and you had a girlfriend, a partner, so there was no sex in space. Do you pleasure or release while you're up there? Who is this? No, I, I have to know. Everyone wants to know that. You know that, Captain. <laughs> wait, wait. I don't. I don't really understand your question. You're going to have to go into some more detail. You are the greatest. Listen, for you to call in and give me 20, 25 minutes of your time <laughs> is unbelievable. Your book, Endurance, and I'll tell you, it wasn't just endurance in space. It was enduring. You know, all the lives up and downs overcoming stuff and you're really an inspiration i'm gonna send you your book because i want you to sign it for me and i can't yeah. thank you enough for coming on man this was amazing captain yeah 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 and you can call me scott and uh, hey great talking to you 
Thank you. And Scott, keep in touch. Sir, thank you so much. I'll keep in touch with you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Mike. Thanks, brother. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.